Right, hello everyone. Welcome to the first podcast of Football for All. I will be your host, Josh Bell, and this podcast will pretty much be the agenda of the podcast will be pretty much about football um, in all different areas. At times, we'll be talking about uh, Spanish football, Italian football, um, Irish league football is where I'm from. Uh, but today, we're focusing mainly on a club very close to my heart, uh, Chelsea, and I'm very honoured to have. Denny, who is a co-host of the podcast, the Fulham Rule podcast, uh, which is available on it's on available on, on Apple and what else, Denny? Yeah, thanks for having me on. By the way, it's available on the Apple podcast. It's available on Spotify. Available on basically your favorite podcast platforms. And I, you know, I've listened to all 11, 11 episodes. Very intel. Very very good guests. Very incredible host mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Thank you. If you're, if you're a Chelsea you. fan or just a fan or someone who likes to listen to your podcast now and again, that's the right one. So, obviously, um, it was a very remarkable season for Chelsea with Frank Lampard coming back home. A lot of vibes, but obviously a very, yeah. very difficult challenge with a transfer ban, which mm. in a sense is good and bad. And most certainly, if we didn't have our academy, we'd, we'd probably be fighting for relegation <laughs> for, for points <laughs> we will get on to later on. So, uh, first of all, I wanted to ask you is, what did you what did you make of Frank Lampard's appointment? Did you know it was very it was very hyped, you know, towards the back end of the season when there was reports about Maurizio, about Sarri leaving. Do you think it was the right move, or do you think it was a forced move by Chelsea with the transfer ban? Uh, I will be very honest with you. Um, this thing is still really confusing for me. I don't really have like one set point because you can look at this from different angles. But I mean, generally speaking, for me, I think this was a good move, but it's a bit too early for me. I think it's a bit too early. But I mean, it also makes quite a bit of sense considering the fact that we have a transfer ban. So the best time for Lampard to have come in would have been when we had this transfer ban, which we did. But I think some people feel like this is like a PR stunt from the club. So they don't have to spend any money. They bring in someone that everybody loves and nothing would happen to you, irrespective of results. But obviously, that's not been the case so far. But I mean, generally speaking, obviously, Lampard, I have jerseys with his name at the back of them. So I love this guy so much and I only wish the best for him. But do I think it's the right time? I still don't feel like it's the right time, but I can only move forward and support him right now. Obviously going to criticise him when he needs criticism, going to praise him when he does the correct thing, but yeah, that's my take on Frank Lampard at the moment. I think that's a very good, I think that's a very good answer. Um, you know, there's a lot of question marks of Lampard and I don't think Frank Lampard mm. obviously has a set idea in terms of what he wants to do with Chelsea himself mm. uh, for reasons we'll get on to later, but is, you know, there's a lot of split, you know, with Frank Lampard's first season at Derby. Do you think he underachieved or do you think he achieved, he overachieved with having no money and finishing sixth? Nah, he definitely didn't overachieve anything. If anything, he's closer to underachieving. But for me, because if you consider what happened last the season before, I can't remember precisely. I think they finished the exact same position. I think they did, or- yeah. I think they did, yeah. So he did, and he had better players as well. Obviously, with the youth players, Mason Mount and Tomori. I'm sure we can get into that a lot later, but it was his first season in management. And I mean, he managed to sustain the same position that I'm guessing the other guy who was there 
was definitely more professional. He was able to sustain that. So I feel... So, yeah, I don't think he underachieved, but he definitely didn't overachieve. But for a first season, I think it was decent. It was decent. Um, I think... So, we'll move on to pre-season. Yeah, we'll, go, we'll go step by step. You know, in, yeah. in pre-season, we... You know, we knew we kind of seen immediately there was a massive issue with the striker position, because um, you know T- T- Tammy Bram did not have a very convincing preseason. He didn't really look up mm. for it whatsoever, and defensively we looked shocking. We looked absolutely mm. shocking defensively. We're still do, to be fair. <laughs> do you think Frank Lampard has fixed any issues that he had in preseason? Or do you think the same issues are still there and he's having issues fixing problems? I don't think he's fixed anything, really. I don't think he's really fixed anything. I think Lampard has just shown us that he can be extremely dynamic. So um, he's still really confusing and unpredictable for me at the moment because he doesn't seem to have... He just All he wants is to win the ball back quickly. That's the only thing I can see consistently in every match, except maybe the uh, the first match played three four three. I can't remember who that was. I think that was Wolves. We weren't really pressing that hard, but no, I don't. I don't see what he's trying to do. I don't think he's one. Okay, well, in reality, I think he's trying to be very flexible, and he's not trying to just stick to one formation or stick to one style of play, which I really do appreciate. But I mean, from the preseason, defensively, we were shocking. And offensively, we were all right. We were really good, I think. And uh, now we haven't. I mean, we we absolutely battered Wolves five two. That was a like, that was a great match. But I don't think going forward until we get the likes of Ruben back, the likes of Callum Hudson-Odoi, Reese James, going forward isn't necessarily the problem because of the sheer talent we actually do have. But. Tactically speaking, I don't think Lampard has really improved anything because we're still defensively shocking, as far as I'm concerned. Do you think? Do you think you know a lot of problems we see with Frank Lampard's defensive problems is exactly the same problems that Mauricio Sarri had? Um, it mm. was it was even worse in a sense because he stuck with Alonso at left back for the majority of the season. Do you think the issue defensively is the players have been the players are either so used to the defensive tactics that they are struggling to, you know, learn how to press up high, or do you think that Frank Lampard's experience kicks in when it comes to defensive sustainability? The thing is, for me personally, I don't agree with you when you say uh, defensively we had the same thing as Sari last season. The problem with Lampard's defending is, for starters, a lot of people are saying Reese James and Kante coming back are going to improve the defensive massively. It's definitely going to improve. Uh, Reese James is definitely an upgrade on Aspilicueta based on what we've seen from his season at Wigan and definitely Kante is going to be a good ball winner but I said this on an episode of my podcast recently we cannot rely on the likes of Kante and Reese James to just solely improve it that's that's fraud do you get what I mean? yeah yeah absolutely that is like you need to be able to defend I mean the basic tactical Obviously, Aspilicueta has made some really silly individual mistakes. But if you didn't have, like, the problem we always, we've had throughout the season, especially with the 4-2-3-1, is the gap between the midfield and the defence. Now, you're going to have to leave defenders isolated to get one-on-one situations. And obviously, they're more error-prone. 
And yeah, Rich James is not going to make as many. I doubt he's going to make as many errors as Aspilicueta. But at the end of the day, I don't think. I think the main issue has to be Lampard's tactics, the way he goes about his defending. Obviously, we've improved defensively. Not no, we haven't. We haven't actually. I mean, no, we have. I don't think we have. So no, yeah, I just think it's a Lampard problem, and I don't necessarily agree with what you mean by uh, defensive problems with Sari because I mean we did have defensive issues definitely but I don't think yeah Sari didn't have Reese James or like I mean he didn't play Emerson either he had Alonso bottom line of what I'm trying to say is yeah it's definitely a tactical thing from Lampard he needs to be able to play we need to be able to defend without having star players in the team there's some basic defensive things we should be doing that he's not doing Especially like when it comes to set pieces, we need to work on those things. Um, I think a big problem, as you say, about set pieces is still not marking. We can't do it. Mm. We cannot do yeah. still not marking. It is, um... and we're so we're such a tall team as well. Yeah, we have Tabby, we have Christensen, we have Tamori, we have Zuma, we have what? Who else is there that's tall? Rudiger. But I mean, we have Alonso. Yeah, Rudiger. Yeah, Alonso. So we have big players in that team, but we still can't manage to get defending. It's not. It's not. It's not done. Sonal marking just it was still a problem on their side with Sonal marking, it just does not work with Chelsea. They're, they're incapable mm. of doing it. Um, so we've on top of the Manchester United game, and this is a heartbreaking moment. Frank Lampard's first game, mm. Old Trafford, and we lost 4 0. You know, to any United fans watching this, I think it was very clear to them and to everyone who watched that game, it was not a 4 0 game whatsoever. Yeah, mm. um, you know, we had the bar twice to him with some good saves, but. I think, I think I'm going to be a bit. I think I might be a bit too critical on this, but I think the two reasons why we lost that game was Summa and Asabaqueda. Uh, who and who? Uh, Asabaqueda and Summa. Hmm. I think okay. they cost us that game. I think for me personally, they definitely had to be blamed in that game. Definitely for at least. But if you look at what the United do in that game, that beat us counter-attacking football at its prime we had players running like madmen like i said one thing I've, i think i've talked about this on my podcast before as well lampard's press looks very it definitely seems to it does it works against leicester when mount scored that goal mm-hmm. but it just looks very lost and aimless it doesn't have a direction you get what i mean yeah, Liverpool yeah. have a very specific kind of press and you i mean obviously it works to their advantage. Man City press, like, they don't necessarily press the players that hard. They try to intercept the ball. That's the kind of pressing they do. But it just seems like we have young players who can, who have a lot of energy and are just running at the ball. Yeah. So when United, United were able to play out from that, so they were just running aimlessly without any tactics, in my opinion, anyways. Nothing, I didn't say anything tactical about the way we press. And I still don't say anything tactical about the way we press. I mean, it's a lot mute, It's a lot more muted than the United game recently. But at the end of the day, I don't think... Uh, I think his pressing needs to be worked on. That's what I think, anyway. So, against United, what happened was... Uh, they were able to play out against our press. And there was, like I complained about, everyone that's pressing, is that's the striker. It's, so, it's the 4-2-3-1. So, the 3-2-1 are doing the pressing. And they've left the centre-backs way too behind so they just have all that that like once they can beat that part of the press then it's all it's all rain free so that's why the likes of Zuma and Aspilicueta obviously I'm not going to defend them because I don't I mean I can get onto those two later Aspilicueta lovely servant but mate you've got to move on 
Zuma, I mean, yeah, I can give him a chance, but I've never really, really rated him that highly, as a lot of people have. But at the end of the day, you're going to definitely improve the number of errors they're going to have if you're going to do stuff like that. So I can't strictly blame Zuma and Aspilicueta for that 4 0 loss. Um, obviously, we, then we moved on to the Super Cup game against Liverpool, and I think arguably. I'm sorry, well, not, I don't think it is an argument. That has been our best performance all season against mm. Liverpool in that Super Cup. You know, I think Frank Lampard did everything right in terms of that game. You know, he played he played the Sarri 4 3 3. Everyone knew exactly what to do. Uh, Kante mm. was absolutely exceptional. Um, mm. uh, uh, you know, Frank Lampard got it right. You know, he played Pulisic and attacked in Alexander Arnold's end, had space, and we were just getting joy all the time. Do you think. Why do you think that Chelsea or Lampard has not been able to replicate that standard of performance against Leicester and Sheffield United when they just fell asleep? But against Liverpool, they played the whole of the 120 minutes. The reason I think is just because we played defensive football against Liverpool. So we tried to, like, we tried to, we didn't, because we knew the calibre of opposition we played against, we were not going to try and, I mean, we just, and obviously it was also, you have to add, add the fact that I don't think any youth played in that game started. I don't think so, apart from Pulisic. I mean, Am I right? Uh, you're I don't you're, you're, you're right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Obviously, I mean, it doesn't have, I mean, so I don't think there wasn't as much. Obviously, Giroud pressed really well in that game. Pedro, I think it was Pedro that played. I think was, he pressed yeah. really well in that game as well. So I think he played a bit more defensively. So for them, that's a bit more comfortable. I mean, that's, to be fair, that's classic Chelsea. And once again, that's why I always I've won, I would have preferred Sarri to stay for two, three seasons. I didn't necessarily see him as such a long-term manager. Would have preferred him to stay for a bit longer, but that's in the past now. And Chelsea is so used to defending, and the kind of players we have as well are supposedly very good at defending, even though we've been absolutely atrocious. But yeah, once again, to play a four-three-three, and it was quite. I mean, they were comfortable with the formation and everything. So yeah, that's why I think. That's why I think uh, that was the best performance of the season. And also, Kante turned up in that game. He absolutely turned up in that game. So, we, yeah. Our midfield was far better than Liverpool's. You know, Liverpool's midfield is rubbish. And I feel like it's going to be... I feel like Kante is fit. I think the midfield three has to be Kante, Jorginho and Kovacic again. No argument. It has to be. Against Liverpool? Yeah. On Stamford Bridge yeah, on Sunday. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah. no argument. It has to be. Um... So against Leicester, obviously, you know, the first goal came from a very good press against, um, you know, by Mason Mount and scored. But then mm. it was after that goal, I feel like Chelsea kind of just thought they were cruising it. They completely fell asleep and we were lucky not to, we were lucky to get a point from that game. We we're very lucky. You know, Leicester should have nicked it. Now, now in, in, your, in your mind, do you think this was more of a mentality thing? Because, you know... Get, you know, we'll, we'll include Sheffield United in this. That was two games in a row, or two home games in a row, where Chelsea didn't play the second half of uh, second half of the game whatsoever. It was exactly the same problem under Sarri, where they came out in the second half and feel and they looked like headless chickens. What mm. what do you think the mentality is that is making Chelsea not come out in the second half, or is it possible that the team talks are just really up shit? I think. I really, that match, I really kind of, I don't remember that match too well, honestly, I can't lie to you, but for me, generally, 
once again, a lot of people are going to think I'm just, I don't know, I'm not, uh, I'm being too critical of Lampard. But at the end of the day, you can't expect people to run the way they ran from the beginning all the way through the match. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, they yeah, expended absolutely. so much energy in the first 25 minutes. So much energy in the first 25 minutes. And then from there, it just went to shit. Like, that was literally all that. It just went to shit from that point onwards. So, for me, honestly, I think we need to improve on that aspect. We need to improve. I mean, Lampard needs to... to because I don't know about you, but some of the games we've seen this season, aside from the last two, Valencia and... Uh, what was the other team? And Wolves. There are some games where we, I don't even know what formation we're playing. It just looks like four. I know there's a keeper, one keeper. I know there's four <laughs> defenders. And I don't know what the hell is going on after after that. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I just think we need to work on our tactics. That's what we need to work on. Obviously, Lampard's still a new manager. But once again, I mean, you can also attack that argument by saying he's the manager of Chelsea Football Club. And there's some certain things that should... You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah A lot of people might feel I'm just being... I'm, I'm being a bit rash. So, like I said, I can see both sides of the argument and I'm stating both sides of the argument. Obviously, he's a new manager and, I mean, this, he's, this is only his second year of managing ever. So, we've got to cut him some certain slack. But let's also remember, he's managing Chelsea Football Club and he, more than anyone else, knows the standards of Chelsea Football Club. So, you have to look at both sides of the coin, if you ask me. So, yeah, I think he needs to work on his tactics still. Um... You see, you, we, we had two games where I think, well, I think it wasn't as good as Liverpool, but I think these were two games where you know we're, we're seeing what Frank Lampard's team is at its best, and that was like way to Norwich and away to Wolves, where it kind of felt like Chelsea. You know, going into these games, you know, I don't think there was any uh, people going around saying Chelsea are going to win this game comfortably. We knew it was going to be a test. Do you feel like maybe Chelsea? Or start are we with Chelsea or this type of team that will only win games against the odds? Because you look at the games, you know, home to Sheffield United, home to Leicester, you know, home to uh, Turbul and Valencia, they aren't turning up. But in the games where people are saying that they're going to struggle more, they actually turn up. Is it this? Is it the young kids uh, maybe suffering more from the pressure when people are when fans are saying that? But they're, you know, when it comes to actually being truly under pressure they're living up to the standard what do you mean what do you can you elaborate on that again um pretty much what i'm saying you know when we were home to sheffield united home to leicester you know people are thinking frank lampard's gonna get his first home win here you know we should yeah. be beating this team but when we went away to norwich and we went away to wolves you know these are grounds that are going to be extremely hard to beat, or, you know, to go hard and mm. get a result. Do you think the do you think maybe the youngsters in the team are better under pressure than being expected to win, and maybe that's why the performances away from home are better? Mm, I think I think so. That definitely does play a part to it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just a bit of pressure, but. Once again, I mean, as we've had this conversation, I've just started to think about it. I think these youth players are a very special crop of players. And I'm kind of glad Lampard is actually here. But I don't feel the reason why we've been getting results has been because of Lampard's tactics. If anything, it's the fact that he believes in these youth players. And I mean, for those that think I don't believe in the youth, I have a Mason Mount shirt coming in very soon, so... 
has to silence the haters. But besides the point, I think the youth players are actually carrying Lampard. Does that make any sense? Oh, yes, yes. Some people are, some people might think... I mean, I've just given this a bit of thought. I mean, I might be wrong and I might regret saying this now. But I think the youth players that we have, at least the ones I've shown, I've played, that's Tammy and Mount. Lampard has trusted them enough. And obviously, Jody, I don't even know what Jody Morris is doing these days, but I, I digress. Um, I believe Lampard trusted them enough and they're actually repaying his trust. I don't think we're playing well because of Lampard's tactics. I think we're playing well because of the youth players we have. Does that make any yes. sense? Or do you disagree? Uh, I, I think I think Lampard's tactics, you know, I think his his style of play compared to Saris is better. You know, instead of passing around the back to Jorginho, back again and then go up the pitch. You know, his, his, his idea is to get the ball up the pitch quicker, but I feel like at the moment that we're very careless with the ball, especially in that game against Valencia. That's was... what I'm saying. So I'm saying, like, I mean, Sarri's system, obviously Sarri's been coaching for, what, 30 years? but And he has a system he wants to play. Lampard doesn't know what... Lampard, all Lampard wants is to get the ball back as quickly as possible and then to get it forward and into the opposition net as quickly as possible. Mm. That is, I mean, that is playing fast football. But technically speaking, those are not tactics. Do you get why? I mean? Oh, oh yeah. Because if if you want if you want if you want to talk like that, then that means because at the end of the day, that means if you compare that to Sari as well, Sari was more like show passing and then get the ball forward. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, that yeah. was sorry. But those are not tactics. Lampard's tactics, I really cannot see them at the moment. But I can see what he wants, what his ideology is, but I can't see the tactics. Do you get what I mean? So obviously, Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, they have a lot of energy and they can run around not as long as you want them, as he wants them to do, as long as he realistically wants them to do. But yeah, I mean, I can see what, he's, what his ideology is, but I can't see the tactical aspect of it. Just for, for what you've said so far during this podcast, and it's brilliant intel, um, so definitely keep doing it, but... Would you say, in a sense, um, that maybe Lampard is currently a bit like Unai Emery, where it's so heavily he's, he's you know he's relying on the attack to score goals that he's not worried about the defensive tactics? Because that's what Arsenal is. They want to bomb in, like I said, to score the goals and then you know try and concede as less many as they can. Would you say maybe it's a bit like that? I mean, it's kind of like a similar thing in the sense that. Because I mean, I've listened to I listen to other podcasts as well, and like they were just saying how one of the agents of one of the Arsenal players was talking about the fact that they don't know what they want to do. Do you get? What I mean, at Arsenal, the situation is more. Like they just don't know. Like U- they Emery, don't know what they want. Unai Emery yeah. has she has played three different formations the last three games. You know, he went I mean, for, that's he... similar to Lampard. Well, well, Lampard used four two three one and three four three. Unai Emery used a diamond, a three at the back, four two three one, a four three three, and a four four two flat. You know, he. I, th- I think, I think Frank Lampard does know what he wants to do in terms of his shape, but like we all know, uh, Marcus Alonso and Azpilicueta as fullbacks will be a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. So at the moment, like what, like, see, okay, let me explain it like this. What Lampard's ideology is can only take you so far. No matter how, like, obviously, but I can promise you, by the time I have Ruben back, by the time I have Hot in the door back and Reese James, things are going to pick up. 
and they're going to see what he wants to do. But tactically, tactically, we are lacking. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. you can only go so far from being... Because, I mean, it's basically like, oh, okay, I need you guys to run as much as you can and get the ball as quickly as you can. And I don't want any of that show-ass passing. I want really long... I mean, I want to move the ball off the pitch really quickly. But it's all aimless. Do you get what mm-hmm. I mean? Obviously, I'm not trying to say we should get play like Antonio Conte football from the kickoff. No, you pass to the right. <laughs> you pass to the right wing back. Right wing back passes to the left winger and then crosses in. No, no, no. I'm not saying you should do that. But there should be. I mean, obviously, you see Liverpool the way they play. With the way they play, Firmino has a very. He's very critical to linking up the play up front. You get what I mean? But Lampard, like no one. Do, you get what I mean? Mason Mount. Mm-hmm. Really, I love the guy. And like I said, I got a shirt for him. But at the end of the day, I mean, he presses and he plays like a second striker. But, okay, that's fair. Abraham, yeah, he's been scoring a lot of goals. That's what a striker is supposed to do. So, I don't think I should mention him. So, what's the aim? You get what I mean? Jorginho, yeah, I love Jorginho and I rep Jorginho. But what's the aim? What's, like, the overall aim? I don't see what he's trying. Like, I can see the ideal. I can see the overall, like, so, but I can't see any tactics. There's nothing that sets him apart tactically from anyone else. It's basically like, oh, I trust in you guys. Just get the ball quickly. And that's not tactics. So, for me, I keep using the same word. Tactics, tactics, tactics. I can't see what his tactics are. I think, I, I do think his tactics are very basic. But I think it's, he wants it to try and be basic, but effective. You know, I think it is about getting the four backs forward, getting balls into the box, moving it quickly. Um, I don't think he's one. You know, he's not like a you know like a Simeone or a Conte who is re, you know really re, or Sari who's really really you know so small pieces of detail. But I do I do it's not necessarily I, small pieces of detail either. I mean, you can look at Klopp and Guardiola. And sorry for cutting you off, but yeah, you can look at Klopp and Guardiola as well. Those two are not. I mean, they have the details, but my point is, you should still have a certain level of. And also his substitutions, but yeah, before I even get to all that, you can carry on. Sorry, I, I, I was just thinking that you know, I think obviously details. You know, you know, you look at Pep Guardiola, his team has a passing pattern. You know, Klopp is you know Klopp's midfield isn't meant to be creative; they're meant to be defensively solid. It's the fullbacks in the front three who, who need to create. I feel like that's what Frank Lampard maybe just lacks in a sense is he doesn't know how he wants his midfield to play, you know, does he want the fullbacks to get forward? Because I think my biggest credit of Lampard is he continues to ask Asabaqueta and yeah, well, I think we'll go for Asabaqueta, not um you know, he keeps asking Asabaqueta get forward, get forward, get forward. But he knows every single time he's gonna get caught out. You know, even against Sheffield United when we're two 0 up, Asabaqueta's still bombing forward and it just kills his legs. And he can't defend. Get that, but I mean, at the end of the day, I still feel he's gonna. I hopefully improve his tactic as a manager. But once again, because a lot of people are just like, we should wait till the youth come back. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. But it can only take you so far. I mean, look at Zidane now. I mean, we are we are recording this podcast off the back of a three 0 loss to PSG. Beating, you can have beating. Yeah? <laughs> that was a yeah. That... Honestly, was absolutely abysmal from Real Madrid. And you can have only have so much talent on your team. Do you get what yeah, I mean? That's, yeah, a, uh, that's, that's a prime example of what I mean. You need to have some tactics somewhere. Because, I mean, obviously, before we had Ronaldo and that, but you still need to have some tactics. So, yeah. I do think, Frank, I, 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 last bit of Frank Lampard before we move on to some players, but I think 
I think I don't think it's the fact that Lampard does have no tactics. I just think his tactics are very heavily at attack. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I don't think there's you, any. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone in the coaching team. You know, Jordi Morris, um, Eddie, um, Jody, etc. I just don't think there's anyone in the coaching staff that is a defensive-minded experience because you know not even necessarily defensive but we're not doing basic defending correctly do you get what i mean yeah because like you know the the guy who came up from the academy last year he was an attacking minded coach um eddie newton eddie newton uh, has always been attacking but you know you think eddie newton would know a bit about defending because he worked did he not work i think he worked under antonio conte and Jose Mourinho i think he did so but it's not even necessarily that though i mean sorry is an attacking manager Liverpool is that Liverpool. I mean, Klopp is an attacking manager. Ajax is what well, I mean. Who's the Ajax guy? I can't remember what his name is, um, but he's an attacking Hag. manager. Yes, he was Ten Hag. Was he's an attacking manager? Who else can I use? Mantis is an attacking manager. All these guys are attacking managers, but they still defend well. Liverpool was absolutely fact. They are you can top two, top three attacks in the world but they still get the basic defending I, done and they defend really well you get what i mean I think, obviously I think, they have van dyke but yeah you can you still need to be able to defend i think in the sense i disagree with city i don't think city are good defensively whatsoever i just think they're so good at controlling games that their defense gets off the hook yeah but that's the a kind of defense though Do you get oh, yeah, I mean? oh it absolutely is but so I that's think... what so okay in fact you've just opened it up even better so i mean even if you don't think they're good at defending, which I don't agree with you on, right? But if you think about it, that's tactics, the way they control the game. They don't necessarily need to... If Lampard doesn't want to defend, he needs to come up with a way... Obviously, you need to defend regardless. But he needs to come up with a way to control... Like, he needs to come up with a way to not constantly be on the back foot. You get what mm-hmm. I mean? Exactly. So, that's, that's what I, I did, think. I, I just don't think we have the personnel... To, to control the games to that level yet I, you know I, I think and I don't think the team have learned how to play that type of football yet because you know as, you know, I know people have made this you know people have made this excuse saying you know Frank Lampard's football is no different in size it really is you know different shape different passing uh, techniques you know Jorginho's playing a different role um, there's you no know, hazard to rely on you know there's so many uh, figures that play a part into this but moving on to players I want to start off with um, uh, Christian Pulisic you know we bought him for I think we were talking about 65 million odd pound in January from Dortmund he's 20 years he was 21 today so happy birthday to him um, do you think Frank Lampard is excluding him wrongly or do you think he's not ready for the Premier League given how he started the start of the season which wasn't really anything to jump up and, ju- and you know get excited about. Hmm. For starters, a lot of people dis- don't like Pulisic and they say he's quite crap. I can see where they come from when they say that. Now, before anyone comes into my DMs and attacks me for what I just said, <laughs> I love Pulisic and I think he should be starting and I think he needs to be given time to develop it's the premier league the physicality Pulisic is is not is not the strongest guy he's far from the strongest guy around he's played not so well in the games he's played in the premier league but let's mind you he's gotten two assists i mean he's still producing you can call him William all you want but two assists is still end product you get what i mean Mm -hmm. so you have to cut him some slack i feel like he was an academy player he definitely playing a lot more i don't know why lampard's not played him i mean 
two games in a row now he's not played anything. You get what yeah, I mean? I don't yeah. see what that's all about. And also because a lot of people come, I mean, a lot of people are being a bit extreme and saying because he's American and the fact that Barkley came on ahead of him and absolutely botched that penalty, which is still pissing me <laughs> off. But I digress. But at the end of the day, I don't think, I don't think we need to give him a bit more time. We need to give him a bit more time. I mean, he wasn't the most clinical of players at Dortmund either. And a lot of people don't rate me. For fact, even my co-host doesn't necessarily rate him on the Fulham Road podcast. But at the end of the day, I think we need to give him a bit more time. He's still 20 years old. I mean, he turned 21 today. I think. Yeah, he does. Today or yeah. This day. yeah, exactly. But he's still young. You get what I mean? 21 years old. I think the best way to, I mean, best way to kind of put this into context is that he's only three years older than Hudson Adoy. Yeah, he's the same age as Tammy Abraham as well. So... I think, I think Christian Pulisic, you know... I do think, in a, you know, he's really good on the ball. He's got in lightning pace. I do think he lacks an end product. And maybe that's what Frank Lampard is not happy about. But what a product. What, yeah, what a product do we have with William, though? Like, why, how is the fact that we did not cash in 19 million for William and replace him last season is that he's still at this club? Like, like I think the most, the figure is somewhat more Chelsea kind of are in terms of injuries and personnel is that Frank, that William was. Re- technically our best player last night but he was still awful like he could have it was such a clear pass he could have made what we would have probably scored from yet I can't remember who tweeted this but William makes the impossible look easy and he also makes easy look impossible yeah yeah that, that is, is William that is William yeah. that is William summed up for you honestly I mean my Brazilian wig step over merchant William he needs. I don't know what to say about William anymore. And if you think you're talking about end product for Pulisic, if you're going to mention end product, then that means Pulisic is still starting over William. So I don't know what's up with Frank. And a lot of people are being a bit extreme and saying that because he's not British. That might be true. I don't choose to believe it. It might be true. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think we just need to give him time generally. And as for William, I mean, last season at Chelsea, man. Last season. At I Chelsea, think. I think I, I just kind of sum that up. Mason Mount's already already reached the amount of goals William scored last year in the league. William is a winger, a right mm. winger, and he scored three goals in the Premier League last year. Three goals. That's, that's just I mean, the fact that we could have had, we could have cashed in ninety million for him at Chelsea. Like, what did Chelsea see in him? There's something that we're all missing with William. Probably has a brand of his nudes, but who knows? <laughs> Um, going to so going from a player that is very talked about in the back way to a player that I do not think is getting at all enough credit and has went completely under the radar has to be Tamori. I think Tamori is the best centre at back that was he's played. Whoa! I do think I do think he's been the best centre back, and I'm not saying he's the best centre back at Chelsea, but in terms of performances out of the Chelsea defenders, he's been the best the last two games. You know, similar. You know, he's not comfortable on the ball and he's very lazy and unconcentrated in the tackle. And Christensen, Christensen is that type of player that we don't know what we're going to get from him. He could have an absolute wonder game and then he could go to a game where he's kind of clueless. And I think Frank Lampard is exactly the same. You know, against Sheffield United, it was Tamori and Summer. Next game, it was Tamori and Christensen. Hmm. I do think Tomori, I do think at least at least when you're judging of recent performances, you have to say Tomori just that just ahead of the other centre half, and that's a bit concerning given the fact that 
he really only last year his name came to everyone's attention. I mean, thing is, yeah, once again, I'm putting a lot of trust in these youth and I'm so annoyed that I have to say this every single time I want to say something negative about the youth because a lot of people are just going to get on my back and say I'm not positive, da 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 da. But we've only played how many games? Like, what? This is Tomori's third game? Fourth game? Fourth game, game yeah. His fourth game? Like, he's playing well, yeah. But we've got to let, we've got to let like, a substantial amount of time pass before we can start making some of the... Obviously, early days, yeah. He's definitely got to be starting. But we've got to see them over a long period of time. I believe they can do this over a long period of time. In fact... Matter of fact, I said when Tammy wasn't playing the best during preseason, I still said he was my starting striker for this season. And he's not proving me wrong. I don't think anybody on this planet was expecting to have scored seven goals in the Premier League. That's absolutely amazing, if, if you ask me. But at the end of the day, I mean, Morata scored how many goals in his first games? Obviously, I'm not putting them in the same bracket because I feel Tammy has a stronger mindset and he would never go down to Morata levels. Like, I mean in terms of behavior and all of that but at the end of the day till we see how they play next 10 15 games i really can't give you like a proper judgment on that. i'm not going to say oh a lot of people come on and say oh best player in this and also it's just putting so much unnecessary pressure on them you get what yeah, i mean yeah. they are all fantastic players and they've all played to, with each other for so many years so obviously they know themselves in and out and that's definitely better when you know someone as well as they know each other but we've got to see them long term. We've just got to see them long term. So yeah. Um, going to a player. Look, I think there's a lot of question marks about um, is Batuai. Now, Batuai could score goals. Uh, he wasn't rated by Sari. He wasn't rated at Valencia. Do you think that the reports that Batuai is tactically in there, but he doesn't listen to the instructions that he isn't a detailed striker, is a problem? Or would you still play him for the fact that he, ju- he does score goals? I mean, if you're going to score, like, what's the striker supposed to do? The, I mean, obviously, the modern striker has to do a bit more, but he does score goals. So, like, I don't see why he sh- he's not playing at all. You get what I mean? I thought everyone meant to get a chance this season, and he's coming and talking about merit and all of that. I mean, that gets me really um, reactionary and irritated. So, I'm not going to even get into that merit discussion. <laughs> But at the end of the day, I think Batshuayi is a striker who scores goals when he's given the chance. I mean, imagine him playing with, like, the Mounts, the Reese Jameses, the Hudson, the Doys. Like, they're going to give him balls and he's going to finish them. You get what I mean? So, I think he should be giving a shot. I mean, he should. we should see him a bit more. I don't know why he's not playing at all. Obviously, there must be something. And I think it's the tactical aspect of it. I think I definitely agree with it because... I think he came during Mourinho's time, right? Was it Mourinho? Uh, it would have been Conte, Batshuayi was here. Well, it was Conte. So, I mean, Conte obviously did not rate him. Conte Conte didn't rate him. No, he did definitely didn't rate him. Um, Sarri didn't rate him either. And obviously, Lampard doesn't seem to rate him. But at the end of the day, I mean, he still should get a chance. I, I, think, I, mean? I think one thing Batshuayi will be remember for is scoring that goal against West Brom to win us the league. I don't think that will. Yeah, I, don't think... I mean, and he's legendary on Twitter as well. So. I don't think that will be forgotten. So to kind of try and end this on a positive note is talk about two players that were absolutely neat in this team and had this Callum Bottle of the Door and Reese James. They're going to be playing their, their last on a 23 game with, uh, for Chelsea on Saturday. 
would you start? I take it. I, I think this is a dumb, a dumb question, but I take it you would start them against Grimsley Town in the League Cup. Yeah, I would. Um, as I kind of want this to kind of stay. Let's see any Chelsea fans that listen. That I think we need to be kind of careful with our expectations for Hudson Odoi because the kid's young. He's come back from an, a serious injury. I I just think that a lot of people are expected way too much of Hudson Odoi. You know, I people, agree with you, Josh, pe- you say that, yeah. People are expecting Hudson Odoi to come in, score all these goals, be a wonder kid, be the next, you know, some people are even thinking he'll be the next Hazard. Hudson Odoi, he'll come in, he'll improve our attack, but he will not do any significant changes this season. That's just a plain fact. He's an upgrade to William, he's an upgrade to Pedro, but will he be the answer straight away? No. The kid needs to improve a lot. And I feel like the expectations are so high and my biggest concern and my it is seriously my concern especially with modern day football is that there'll, there'll be those fickle Chelsea fans that because of the expectations they're setting for him and he goes on a, a bad game or two which is completely expected to me especially with the injury he has and he'll start getting racially abused and it's just this is a guy who could have went to Bayern Munich he could have went to Juventus he's staying with us but I just think the expectations are way way too high for him even though he is an upgrade. I mean, for me, um, before I even get onto that, I mean, as far as replacing Hazard goes, Hazard is generational. Oh, yeah, yeah. No Absolutely. one's... Nah, there's no replacing Hazard. Like, I don't. there's no player on the planet that can outright replace Hazard and do what he does. No one on the planet. I mean, obviously, you have your Messi, you have your Ronaldo's, you have your Neymar's. They're excellent players. But the, you can't replace Eden Hazard. There's only one Eden Hazard. You get what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And yeah, when you say people that expectations for Otunadoy are high, I'm one of those people. I am one of those people. Obviously, I'm going to give him time to get accustomed to getting back into thing. And I understand where a lot of people are coming from. He's a youngster and everything. But with what we went through in terms of this contract, that still a lot of people have been saying it's been agreed. Come on, guys. Let's all open a damn eye. <laughs> if he signed this contract... We would, like, a lot of people are just taking, I mean, I'm sure he's probably agreed terms and all of that. But if there's still minor details, does that not mean the contract has not been signed? Think about it. Do you get what I'm coming well, from? Well, a, a lot of reliable if sources have said he signed it, but it's yeah, hard I get, to tell. I mean, a, lot of reliable, a, lot of, a lot of reliable sources say he signed it in July. A lot of them said he signed it in August. Now they're saying September. I hope he does get his office. I think it's going to be done by next week now. I mean, a lot of people are saying, I, I believe it should be done by, not even next week, this week or next week, yeah. But at the end of the day, in fact, I'm not even going to go into his contract. I'm just going to, I, I keep digressing. But at the end of the day, I'm expecting quite a bit from him, considering the amount of stress we've gone through for this contract thing. You get yeah, what yeah, I mean? Obviously, absolutely. I'm not expecting him to, I'm not expecting him, like, I mean, I think I'm expecting, I can, I'm trying to keep my, uh, my, my expectations on the same level. But I, can, I think I said... 14 goal contributions. I think that's what I said in my last book out of 15. I'm expecting quite a bit from him considering all the drama and how much we're going to pay him as well. Because, I mean, that's a lot of money for an 18-year-old. So, he'd better turn up. He'd definitely better turn up, especially with what he's put the club through. And obviously, I want him to turn up and I'm expecting him to turn up. I'm just not expect. I'm going to give him like three, four, five games to get back into the groove of things, obviously, because he's getting back from injury. But after that, 
if he does not perform, then I'm definitely going to. I'm not going to be happy with what about, that. Definitely. What about Reese James? Ooh, my boy Reese, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> he, nah, I'm so happy. He, he's de- he's definitely thing, needed. He really is needed. He is definitely needed, yeah. But I mean, another thing, I'm also going to give him the same thing as Hudson Odoi. Because obviously, I'm not going to put in as much uh, fuss about him because obviously, there was no drama with his contract or anything. And once again, before I get on to Reese James, I believe in Hudson Odoi's ability. But I just hope he can live up to this hype yeah. that he has. Whether he was the one who did it, whether he was his agents or his family, whatever that was, he's still the representative. Nobody knows who it was behind the scenes. And it doesn't matter who it is because he's the one that's going to play on the pitch. So I really don't care what happened in the background or any of that, but he has to perform this season with all the all that happened. You get what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So yeah, back to Reese James. I mean, obviously this guy is just getting back from injury. I'm gonna give him time. I'm not expecting him to. I mean, I'm not expecting him to do to make coming and perform disaster classes like Asper Dekot has done. But I'm not expecting so much from him when he comes back. I'm gonna give him a few games. I'm, the same amount of game I'm giving out to Nador as well. But yeah, I mean Reese James, my boy. Oh, I'm expecting bits from him this season. Can't lie to you. Well, I think to to, to my final question to you before we uh, wrap it up is mm. what is your expert uh, I want to emphasize kind of two different questions what are your expectations mm. for Chelsea but in reality where do you think they will finish in the Champions League and in the Premier League Champions League oh god I don't know what's going to happen with this team I cannot lie to you after that performance against Valencia I don't know what to say anymore this Chelsea team, and I'm going to sound really strange, this Chelsea team can get to the semi-finals or quarter-finals. And I don't know how they would do it, but they can do it. And this team can also might also not leave the group. We might end up in the Europa League. So, I mean, for me, honestly, I have absolutely no idea where we're going to be going. It's just like Lampard's tactics. I don't know what's going to happen next with the formation selection. I don't know what's going to happen next with this team. So, yeah, that's just me. Well, do you think we'll get Champions League football? Or... Next season. Well, yeah, do you think we'll finish in the top four this season? Do you think that's... We're just not there? Or do you think it really depends if Pulisic turns up and how Ruben Loftus-Cheek does when he comes back? Or... Do you think... Do, do you I, think, top, do you think I, top four relies on individuals stepping up to the hype? Or do you think, no matter what, we're just... We're just not there? I feel there are some games where, like I said, I keep talking about tactics. Individual performances can only take you so far. Do you get yeah, what yeah. I mean? So, once again, I really don't know. I mean, I've written on a couple of Twitter polls. I assume we're going to finish fifth or sixth. I'm still expecting a bumpy season. Don't mind. I mean, I'm still expecting. So, I'm going to leave it. I don't think we might finish in the Champions League place this season. I'm just going to say that for. But if I'm, ex- I'm deep that my heart tells me we'll finish in the Champions League position. But my brain says otherwise. Okay, well, I just want to say again, thank you very much for coming along for my first podcast. Thank you for having you've been, me. You've Thanks been an incredible guest. Again, to anybody who is very interested in this very intelligent man, to check out his podcast, Le Film Road Podcast, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Um, sure, there'll be another episode up very, very soon. Um, with an amazing guest, and hopefully, I'll be one of them at some point. Um, Again, just thank you very much for taking your time out to come on a list, uh, to come and talk. Thanks for having me, bud. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Paul. 